This week on The Reverse Stick, we watch synthetic grass grow. We'll fire up the spittoon for the Constitution Corner. And guess what, mate? What? I played a game last week. Woo! Greetings and welcome to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Episode number 148, take two. How are you, Matt Allen, my co-host? I'm actually better than I was this time yesterday. For the first time in our 148 episode history, and the other bits, yep. uh, we had a rehearsal, didn't we? We did have a right. rehearsal. We got together yesterday afternoon, we thought, all ready, all ready to go, notes, we thought, maybe... Maybe we won't record this one. Let's just not bother pressing the uh, the big button on the Roadcaster Pro and changing it from green to red. Let's just let's have a run through and then come and do it proper tomorrow is, is morning. That, is that the biggest button on, on <laughs> the face of this machine? We got to uh, right. That's it. I've got to go. I've got to go and pick up the kids now. Oh shit! We didn't press record. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you live and learn. You live and learn. So uh, we've had a chance to uh, rehearse our mistakes and we'll be doubling up on them in this particular <laughs> episode. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm John Lee. As I said, my co-host here, Matt Allen. And we both got to play last week. We did. Fantastic. I was was euphoric last Saturday evening. Uh, Yeah, rather stupidly played two games back-to-back after not doing anything since March the 14th. Um, But to then, the pubs opened that day as well here in in WA. (laughs) And to then be able to go from the turf to the pub, have a couple of um, cold, uh, refreshing beverages... And, yeah, I just couldn't get the smile off my face. You played two games. Two you? games, back-to-back. Did you go yeah. to two pubs? Uh, I had two, uh, not two pubs, but I did have two separate drinking sessions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. good. Well, let's get on with the and show, I could, shall I? I could walk oh. again by Wednesday. Brilliant. Oh, good stuff. Oh, I I did find out something. Go on. Because um, I got there late. Well, and so uh, they were just going on starting the game when I got there and put chinnies on, slip in the box, you know, and get out there, yeah. have a run around. And the first... Because I've done no stretching, nothing. I'm standing. Go left half. I'm standing left half. And sixteen. So they hit it out to me. I'm standing there wide. Oh, and now Larry's got this covered. No sweat. Yeah. Go to track the ball, and it's bounced off my stick and gone about five yards out in front of me. Uh, lost, <laughs> your t- that, lost your touch. A complete lack of touch. Completely gone. I tried hitting the ball twice. Two of the best windies you'll ever see in your life. They were fantastic. I even had my teammates falling over laughing. Well, you got two weeks to correct that before <laughs> on the field and. And as we're recording Saturday morning now, we're, we'll be leaving here and going to hit a hockey ball, won't we? Going straight from here to another scratch game, so it should be good fun. News. Well, of course, as it has been the case for the last few weeks, not really a great deal in the news section of this show, but there has been one piece of game-changing news coming out of the FIH this week, Matt. Mm. And it's about uh, the surface we play on. Game-changing Gen 2 leads away in multi-sport synthetic surfaces. Well, I thought, I thought we were already, I thought we already had, we'd moved on to Gen 3 and Gen 4 or 4G, 3G pitches. So we oh, go, this is a ret, this is a retro move, is it? Once again, we've got to get on one of these turf manufacturers who say yes and yes and yes. Well, they say they want to come and talk to us and then, and then, no, don't. Okay. Three G pitches are long pile pitches, mm-hmm. uh, which are very popular with football. That's that's what uh, we've seen um, ruining, yeah, ruining hockey, hockey facilities clubs. in yeah in in England particularly. However, three sports have got together um, in England, 
in, in, in Great Britain. In, yeah, English hockey, English te- or Great Britain hockey, England tennis. Oh, is it? It's not. It's not FIH with international federations. England Hockey, England Netball and the Lawn Tennis Association. Ah, there you go. Endorsed by the European Hockey Federation, the International Tennis Federation and Sport England. Um, because so, I know that FIH have been in, there's been lots of different um, groups that have been looking towards the future of, of multi-sport facilities. Um, but yeah, I didn't realise this was well, a specific England, England-led thing. They've come up with what they're calling a Gen 2 surface, which is basically just a short pile turf. Yeah. Uh, Basically, there's a lot, bit more to it than that. Uh, the proven technology of short, short pile synthetic turf preferred by hockey and incorporating the latest innovations in shock pads, the surface has been specifically designed to become a great all-round solution, not just for the three sports that we've mentioned, but also others like lacrosse, futsal, softball, core, anything that runs yeah, around yeah. on it. You know, it could be a floor or a field or whatever yeah, you want yeah. to call it. Now, it's uh, the, the development of the Gen 2 surface. It's a real collaborative effort with the International Tennis Federation, the Lawn Tennis Association, and England Netball working closely with the FIH, England Hockey, and the European Hockey Federation. According to the FIH uh, quality oh, Facilities and Quality Program Manager, Alistair Cox, one of the, how many did we count? How many managers have they got? A lot the of managers. A lot of managers. Anyway, look, that's, that's, but that's good news, and we, we've got... Uh, because one of the things we talked about is that hockey, a hockey field is essentially a hockey turf, is a single-use building, a surface. For hockey. Um, we've, for we've, hockey and we've seen this in the UK for a number of years with the sand-based turfs, primarily at schools and municip- municipal um, grounds, not necessarily just specific hockey venues. I guess it's for schools it's great because you've got that use all the way through the day. But you could imagine if it went down at a club, specifically, then you, you wouldn't have all three parties of the tennis, the hockey and whatever all using it on a Saturday afternoon when they all want to use it. So they, Yeah, I mean, it's a nice enough statement. It says all the right things you'd expect a statement like this to stay. It's what, got what, all the right words in water-based, it. Water-based? Water-based? Well, that's what it doesn't say, whether uh, it's a water or a dry not. turf. Yeah, you'd think well, not. You'd think it wasn't water-based because that adds a whole nother level of um, infrastructure that needs to be put in place. Yeah, and there's plenty of rain in the UK anyway. Yeah, so it's, well, yeah. Plenty of snow and ice as well, I've heard. Um, and that's great, but I, th- I think that's for sort of community-type facilities. Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're a hockey club, you don't want your number one field having um, tennis markings and no. netball markings on at the same time. So maybe it might be a situation where if a club's thinking about putting down a second turf, they can put down that style of turf and allow the faci- you know, generate extra income yeah, and if you've got all those lines well on there, you, you might as well put the lines for a hockey fires field right in the middle of it as well. Yeah, because that, that'll make it so much easier to understand what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Um, I do remember taking my, my dog to the hockey once, because uh-huh. he used to come all the time. He was great. He'd just run up and down the side of the oh, Spike. Spike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, we did. We took him out to play at Newman one day, Newman College, and they have uh, different fields laid over the top of each other, much as this concept is. The the, the colour of the line they had used for the sideline was blue. Right. On a green grass. Yeah, well, dogs are colour blind. Right. Okay, so poor old Spike, he could pick out a white line. Oh, on a white line, he happily run out, along the sideline. Yeah. Happily run along the sideline. Yeah. But the blue line, no, that completely stumped him and he was on the field, he was running around, well, what's going on? This is great, there's no white line here. <laughs> white line fever of a different Ooh, kind. Different kind. Yeah. I'm not that that should be a consideration in making decisions about that. Just a 
little anecdote for you. Did mate. he interrupt the uh, game? Nick the ball just as their no, star, no, star no, striker no. was well, about to drop it. Get, get the dough off me. No one was upset about her. You go, what's going on? Oh, sorry. Luckily, Mrs. Lee was there, so she was able to just whack him on the lead. But he did one day down at Stevens, um, in, in what was then a Divi 1 over 40s game. We were sitting up on the top. We mm-hmm. played our game. And, uh, the corner of the field came right down close near the club rooms there. And one of, one of the teams had a free hit from the sideline, ball gone out. And the guy's standing there, he's looking around the field to see where he hit, hit the ball. And whoosh comes Spike. Grabs the ball, runs down that little side alleyway yeah. there and buggers off down the street. <laughs> Uh, if you've got any tales of dogs on pitches, please do share them with us. Send an email to mattertherevosedick.net. Okay, what else has been happening in the hockey world? Matt Allen here on the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Uh, Maggie, the podcast dog's just come in on the talk, talk of dogs. Hi, Maggie. How you doing? Nice waggy tail. Yeah, nice she's not so good around her. the white lines. She yeah. doesn't get white lines. Well, no, because she ran into a bus outside of the front of your house one day. <laughs> into the, into <laughs> the, the side, side of it. Of it yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah, at the back end of it. So, like, 20 feet of the bus had actually passed before she ran into it. Anyway, another what dog talk. What do you got? Oh, uh, news. Yeah, oh, what, what have you got? Just yeah. one th- little thing I spotted um, from a Victorian local paper. It was about Hockey Victoria to make amendments to Penalty Corner. Oh. And uh, this is an article from The Courier, was it? Yeah, The Courier, wherever that may be, uh, written by Kyle Evans. And uh, he's interviewing President of West Vic Hockey, Mark Churcher, who said that Hockey Victoria was looking at modifying rules around the penalty corner if a season gets up and running. The amendments would restrict defending players from wearing protective face masks while an attacking player took a power shot on goal. Churcher said the rule would likely be modified to contain the spread of germs between players. The protective gear they wear when we have a penalty corner are communal and now they can't be, he said. Those masks will need to be sanitised and I believe Hockey Victoria is looking at modifying the rule to take that process out. There you go. Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, what, but what are they going to do to amend, amend the rules? Well, you'd think it would... Do you share your face mask? For, from a personal point of view, no. I, don't, I haven't worn one. No. I, I, all that stuff. Well, do, oh, well, the club, who the, shares their face masks? The club own them. Um, oh, and so we, as, as a club, we bought, bought some for every turf team to go in with the, the manager's kit. What bags. about if you buy your own? You can use your own. That's well, shouldn't, exactly right. isn't it personal protective equipment? That's right, yeah. Okay, yeah. it's like a pair of shin pads? It's, well, it's, it's your choice if you wish to wear, to wear it on the, as a post, post man okay. or woman. Well, just make people have their own. Yeah. Or if the club's got a few, that guy wears this one, and when he's finished with it, he goes and washes it, yeah. and then gives it to the next person for the next game, yeah. and that... Yeah. Stays with that Same as sanitizing sanitize your balls, sanitizing your cones, any any shared equipment. Yeah, um, it's interesting that it's a it's a rule about safety that's being amended. Uh, amending it's, it's a rule they're introducing about safety that's amending a rule about safety. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, but do, do we see no no raised ball backboard height? For short corners, is that the, well, the that response? Well, something you could do if we're not going to allow... Surely you can't allow the rules to stand as they are vis-a-vis short corners and then tell people they're not allowed to wear protective That's equipment. That's right. Yeah. Um, we've, gone, we've, we've gone past that point. Yes, they can wear it. That rule's in now. Yeah. You can't rescind a rule based on safety. If you've already determined that there's a safety issue, uh, you can't 
remove it. Maybe that, that that if that reason hasn't disappeared as well, the reason to have that safety. Maybe they don't put the, the the backboard height thing in at all, and they don't have short corners. They go straight to a shuffle, a shootout, a showdown. You've been speaking to Birdie Man again, haven't you? <laughs> he, loves, he loves that one. <laughs> he he? he does. He's right on that. The heckler. Um, yeah, well, I, I'm sure they'll come up with a reasonable solution. Surely they're not going to do something stupid like endanger people again if or take safety equipment. Imagine if they came out with a rule that um, leg sweat is likely to cause um, tinea and uh, everybody has to, uh, no one's allowed to wear shin pads anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, or just play with those nice soft balls. Let's just play with tennis balls. Well, they'll work out fine on the new 2G pitches, won't they? They will. We'll You've just... been hit by a tennis ball travelling at 100 Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not pleasant, mate. Yeah, you get a bit of a welt. <laughs> You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. We did see hockey back on the screen this week, yeah. last weekend. Have you picked your favourite Lithuanian national competition team? Uh, I, I can't pronounce any of them. No. I unfortunately didn't catch it. It was Sunday. It was on last yeah. week, so we didn't get a chance to promote it on hashtag. No, we did get a chance to promote it on yes. the Hockey Live, at the Hockey Live on Twitter and Facebook. Get all your live stream hockey news there. Hashtag live stream hockey. Nothing. I'm just looking now that you're a hockey TV schedule nothing so we might get a late announcement on uh, more hockey in Lithuania this week or it could have been absolutely terrible and then they've decided not to show it again who knows it's hockey how can it be absolutely terrible well like I said last week uh, it'll be um, uh, your game in a fortnight's time possibly you know on the screens I'm looking forward to that yeah see if we can get it on Nagra on the new platform I'll have to get my tiger suit out again yeah very yes (laughs) Um, what else? Well, there's been some other bits of news came out this week, Matt. What? what uh, well, pray tell, John. What other news has come out well, this week? I. Well, this week, I'm not sure whether to play my little new sting now or not. No, are, let's, let's are we ju- going to Constitution Corner? Well, we're not quite going there yet. Let's get okay. to the story. Let's do the story first. Okay. During the week, um, a story appeared on Inside the Games, written by Liam Morgan. He's written a few hockey stories. Over the journey, uh, headline, IOC asked to take action against BATRA for illegal election as FIH and IOA president. Uh, the yes. senior Indian Olympic Association official has claimed Narinda BATRA's election as International Hockey Federation president was illegal and accused him of making false declarations on his way to securing the top job at the IOA. In an escalation of a bitter internal dispute at the IOA, Vice President Sudhan Shu Mittal has asked International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach and the ruling executive board to take appropriate action. Now, basically, the claims boil down to whether he was eligible under constitution to be voted or vote on things. Um, now, the complaint... Was alleges that uh, Mr. Batra was elected as president of Hockey India in 2014, and therefore thereafter Mr. Batra contested the post of president of the FIH in the same year in accordance with the statute of the FIH. It is important to understand that when Mr. Narendra Batra was nominated as well as elected to the president of the FIH, he was also holding the post of president of Hockey India. This is not permissible according to the statute of the FIH when reference is made to Article 7.2 of the FIH statute. We'll get to that in a second. He also said, um, in December 2017, the IAA elections were due. Shockingly, Mm. (gasps) shockingly, 
Uh, Batch was nominated as a candidate for the IOA's president post and he accepted the same. He was responsible on behalf of Hockey India in IOA elections and voted as a representative on behalf of Hockey India. Now, now he had been a member of the IOA previously, but he went off the board for a year, is that right? And I think that's what sort of this relates to, is the fact that in some statutes he was supposed to be a sitting member to then be eligible to be voted in as president, but had had a year off. Cindy, he had already resigned from any office bearer's post with Hockey India in order to comply with the FIH statute. There is no possible way that he could be in the executive committee of Hockey India unless Batra had given false declarations to the FIH and to everyone else that he had resigned from Hockey India. Uh, oh, where's the other bit of this page? No, that's the one where he... Res- anyway, that, that, that's the basic crux of it. Now, there's so there's two issues there. So that's been taken to both the IOC and also to the, the FIH. FIH. Okay. Uh, Dr. Batra, I'm sorry, Mr. Batra did come out and insisted that he did not break any rules on his way to being elected president of the International Hockey Federation and the Olympic, uh, Indian Olympic Association and rejected the allegations made. Um, well, I had a chat with the pundits about it, or obviously on the ground there in India, and there were other reports in some digital media, but it's largely going unmentioned. They find it a little bit boring, been there before. All and, in terms uh, of politics stuff. And, yeah, and, and, and we won't see any change or any difference with anything. There are, there's ongoing and previous legal battles w- between some of these gentlemen. Uh, the one issue has been the Secretary-General, I think, there in the IOA, and, and the fact that Mr... Um, Mr. Batra has um, been taking on more of the Secretary-General roles and weakening that position as as yeah. President. So, yeah, a lot of infighting and a lot of history. And, you know, he, Dr. Batra cut his teeth with the, the, as Treasurer of the, uh, the Delhi Cricket Association, which is supposed to be a particularly murky, uh, murky corridors of power around <laughs> there. So nothing new for him. Uh, Dr. Batra... Uh, I- a claim from um, Mattel that Batra should be, have been ineligible to stand for IOA president in December 2017 was also dismissed. Batra said he remained a life member of Hockey India and highlighted how a similar objection to him being a candidate for one of the highest profile roles in Indian sport made just weeks before the election had been rejected because there was no substance to the complaint. Mm. Oh, okay. There has been a response from the FIH Integrity Unit. We'll leave that for a second because before we do, Matt, let's get to Constitution Corner. Okay, so let's have a look at the two issues that are raised here in reference to how they figure out with the FIH Constitution. So we'll go to the the quoted um, article from the FIH Statutes. Uh, 7.2, election to the executive board. This is, um, some paragraph, whatever they call it, A. The president and... Oh, hang on a sec. I'm looking at that, um, sorry, just looking at the WhatsApp message that was sent, you just read out. I didn't read that message, but... Oh, okay. He but did send one. Uh, uh, what he likes is WhatsApp messages. Um, this is oh, a, one of those a, a copy of it. Groups, oh, it? they're terrible. Cabals. They? <laughs> uh, dear Dr. Bach. Dear Dr. Bach. It says, uh, Thomas Bach is a doctor. 
says there. Look, on the message, dear Dr. Park. Oh, we'll have to... Uh, we'll have a look at that in a moment. Yeah, we might do. Uh, the President and Presidents of the Continental Federation shall within 30 days of election retire from and during the term of his office shall not accept any executive office or other position, not including honorary or ex-officiate positions within any national association or continental federation. He shall during his term of present have no direct or indirect involvement in the day-to-day operations of an NA or confederation. An NA like Hockey India. Yeah. Yeah. So we do know that once he was elected president of the FIH, Dr. Mr. Mr. Batra, Mr. Batra resigned from Hockey India. Yes. So, as far as I can figure... It had to happen within a month and he did it within two weeks? Days, or, yeah. yeah. So, there's there's clearly no issue there with any any dramas about his position as far as that goes. And, okay, so that claim we can probably just throw out and it has no relevance or meaning. Now, mm. that does end up happening. We'll talk about that in a second. The second claim, however, the second claim, Dr. Batra says in his response, Response. Oh, now I've got all my papers confused. Dr. Batra said in his response that he had remained a life member of Hockey India and highlighted how a similar rejection. I read that out. Yeah. Being, a, being a life member of Hockey India does not give you voting rights at, um, at on, meetings on, on such be, as On that. behalf of on Hockey behalf India. On behalf of Hockey no, India. surely not. And, no. and, and if life members of organisations got voting rights Organisations such as an Olympic association. Well, you'd have you'd have more folks there than an FIH Congress. Yeah, it would be full of every sport would be handing out life memberships like confetti to get people to come along and vote for the way they think's wanted yeah, to go. Yeah. So I don't know why Dr. Batcher brought that up. He may very well be a life member and good on him. And it, that's not the issue. The issue is whether as you were there and you voted on behalf of Hockey India and you are FIH president. Yeah. You can't do that. No. That can't happen. So that should be a very easy one to figure out and go back and say, did, did it happen or not? Was he there? What was he doing there? Oh, look, he's on the Indian table. He's voting with India. What's yeah. going on there? Yeah. Very yeah. simple. Now, let's have a look at the response from the IOC Ethics Commission. And this is once again in Inside the Games. It's stories from Ali Ibsen. Neither the International Hockey Federation Integrity Unit or the International Olympic Committee Ethics Commission will take any action against Narendra Batra in response to allegations made by um, Vice President Mittal. Batra is the president of both the FIH and IOA as well as an IOC member. Now, we'll get back down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, however, in documents seen by Inside the Games, the IOC has told Mattel the internal tissues which we refer were addressed and resolved prior to the election. The matter is regarded as closed for the IOC. Uh, Mattel has claimed Batra breached the FIH statutes, but Batra insisted Mattel had referenced a later edition of the FIH statutes. There was nothing in the regulation when he was voted in as president that prevented him from holding the position. Two points. Um, Batra's right. Uh, on one respect, the statutes don't say what middle claim they say. Uh, but the statute regarding that hasn't changed at all. There is no new statute. It's the same as the old statute in regards to the time yeah. that you have to get out of that other mm-hmm. position. So, <sighs> so the uh, yeah the statement from Wayne Snell. Why he needed to add anything about earlier or previous statutes yeah. is irrelevant. 
Well, it wanes now as the chairman of the, of the Independent Integrity Unit, and it was a very short statement on the FIH website. Um, but it does say in there, indeed, according to the FIH statutes at the time, there was no requirement for Dr. Batford to change his relationship with Hockey India after his election as FIH president in no, November 2016. No, according to statutes, you definitely do. Well, there it's you go. written in there he therefore within committed, 30 days. He therefore committed no breach of the procedure or the FIH statutes. So maybe Wayne needs to read the FIH statutes or listen in to Constitution Corner. It's written in there that he definitely does. There is a requirement. It, it says he can't take on the role once he's accepted it. He can't take on another role while he's in there and he has to leave the roles he's in when he takes up that position. It, what, read it, Wayne. 7.2A. What, what's the page number? Page 11. Right, page 11. 7.2A, page 11. Check it out, folks. Now, we're not alleging Dr. Bat- Mr. Batra did break. We're saying he didn't do anything wrong in regards to that. That statute. He, he left Hockey India. So that was the right thing to do. Yeah. The argument now becomes whether he went back and acted on, on behalf, behalf of Hockey, Hockey India, India at this other election. That it doesn't make any reference to, which is really interesting, I find. Especially the guy who's in charge of, of um, integrity. Yes. I'm no lawyer. Maybe he is. Maybe in lawyer speak, um, the, the phrase... Uh, Presidents and Presidents of Continental Federation shall within 30 days of election retire from and during the term of office shall not accept any executive office or other positions, including honorary or ex-officio positions so, but, but this within a national association or continental federation. So how's, how's Marika still head of Euro hockey and on the executive board? Because it's unconstitutional, Matt. I've been saying this for a long time. Mm. A long time. But, you know... What, what does it matter? Maybe what do constitutions really matter? What do codes of conduct really matter? What does gender equality pro- policies really matter if you can't follow the very bloody basic concepts in your constitution? Mm-hmm. There we go. Oh, did I get that Yeah, out? you got it off your chest, mate. Well I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So on to this... Um... This other story... It's basically a load of crap, unless, of course, Dr. Batra did go to that um, as a representative of Hockey India. Yeah. And if he did, then he's in trouble. Yeah. Or he should be in trouble, but he won't. But he won't. Because they've already, they've already said he's not in trouble. Nothing to see here. Move on. statutes that don't exist. Yeah, move on, everybody. Nothing to see here. You're fine. Now, um, Mr. Batra. Now, there's a reason, because we, we, we're using the term Mr. Batra, because we've gone to the IOC sorry, website. Sorry, it's, it's Reverend Lee. Sorry, sorry. Um, the very Reverend uh, John Lee. Thank you. Um, Mr. Narinda Drov Batra uh, on the Olympic.org page. Um, also, the uh, the same page for Thomas Bach, Mr. Thomas Bach. Um, but the good doctor, sorry, the good mister. The good mister. The good mister is addressing Thomas Bach in a WhatsApp message as Dr. Thomas. Now. Maybe that's their pet name. He does. Well, he does indeed. Uh, let me find it (laughs) he does indeed have numerous honorary doctorates professorship professorships through universities throughout the world the good doctor but with the IOC he uses the the uh the moniker doctor I'm sorry mister um so we've looked into the history of Dr Batra and it appears that he got his honorary doctorate from the Tirthankar Mahavir University, 
um, in 2012. This university is a private university that was started in 2008, and uh, he was one of the the first group convocated to the honoris cor. What's the term with it? Um, on, on, on. It's like honoris causa, meaning for the sake of sake of, um, of the honour, and uh, and that it was to do with his uh, work as a trustee with Batra Hospitals. Um, I mean, you'd imagine there's some very good medical courses that you can do at Tirthankar University. A lot of patients. You need a lot of patients. Um, so we thought, oh, but why isn't he Doctor Batra on the IOC? Yeah, and he is on the FIH. Yep. So, a couple of pages. Official correspondence is all... A uh... couple of quick searches, John, um, on honorary degrees. Are they well-deserved um, or public, publicity stunts by universities? This is an article on when I was looking into, well, can you call yourself a doctor with an honorary doctorate? And uh, this, this is an ABC article from Australia with a senior lecturer in medicine at University of New South Wales, Dr. Darren Saunders. Now... Don't call yourself a doctor, is one of the, uh, the the sections in here. While the university may bestow a paper degree and invite the recipient to accept it on stage, wearing a cap and gown, actually using the title of doctor was strongly discouraged. It's considered pretty poor form to go and call yourself doctor once you've received an honorary doctorate, Dr. Saunders said. There aren't many examples of people doing that. Now, it also says in here... Former Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi had a number of honorary doctorates. <laughs> Mike Tyson has a few. Kermit the Frog has got one. Uh, both Danny Minogue and Shane Warne received honorary doctorates from Solent University in the UK. Bloody bombs. Get um, it's your fault. <laughs> now, you go to Wikipedia and you look up honorary degree. Uh, read down a little bit... Uh, the degree is often conferred as a way of honouring a distinguished visitor's contributions to a specific field or to society in general. It's sometimes recommended that such degrees be listed in one's CV as an award and not in the education section. With regard to the use of the honorific, the policies of institutions of higher education generally ask that recipients refrain from adopting the misleading title and that a recipient of an honorary doctorate should restrict the use of the title doctor before their name to any engagement with the institution of higher education in question and not within the broader community. Reverend Theodore Hesborough held the record for most honorary degrees, having been awarded 150 during his lifetime. Maybe um, he got the same reverendship as, as you, you, John. You looking for your little uh, reverend card? Yep. <laughs> Let's get it. Put the headphones back on again. Tell us what it reads there. I will on a sec. You keep going. Um... I'm just I'm scrolling now. Controversy. Uh, it goes on down here somewhere. It says that Mugabe's um, also a, a, an honor, honorary doctorate. Um, so it looks as though it's very much something you could buy, particularly from a, a private university institution. And you mentioned last week your dad's. What's what's he got? An honor? He's an honorary doctorate. No, of no, what? no, no, no. He he's got a. Um... He's, he's, he's a, a doctor of philosophy, like Dr. Batra. Yeah. Uh, he, he paid for his doctorate as well. Right, all right. Yeah, yeah. He now, had, what do you mean as well? Well, by, <laughs> by his services, Matt. Yes. You yeah. don't, you it doesn't, don't, always, doesn't always have to be money, does it, John? No, that's right. No. I mean, my, my father paid with a thesis. 
they call it a thesis. It's a form of currency in universities. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how he got his. I did ask him about honorary doctorates, and he was sort of not non-committed or non-plussed about what I, you know, he didn't really care. Uh, but he did ask what university, uh, some Indian private university. Yeah. went, oh, so he bought it. That was his, that, that, that was his <laughs> attitude towards it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it must be the IOC's attitude as well, because people are, are, are listed as Mr., even though, I mean, Thomas Bart would dwarf uh, Mr. Batra in um, the num- number of honorary doctorates, and he, as the head of the IOC, chooses not to use the, the term. So I wonder if it's in the statutes there. What, what's clear is that um, in and around Tir Tanka Mahavir University, go for your life, Dr. Batra, but when you're dealing outside of that area, is it really necessary to be using that term, and why are you using it? No, and I think... I think that people who have put the effort in and spent the time and stuff to actually legitimately call themselves a doctor, yeah. Yeah, they're not really happy about people who go outside the conventions of that. And sooner or later, maybe one day academics will be able to kick up enough of a stink to stop it happening. Well, I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want him pit side when I'm having a heart attack and somebody goes, is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, there is. Uh, but he's on the radio over there trying to organise uh, a medal presentation. I will be getting my new congregation up and running soon. Uh, excellent. So, yeah, well, now that COVID-19 yeah, issues of a lot of gospel happening, uh, yeah. a lot of rhythm and blues, <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will it be one of those sort of happy, clappy type churches, though? Oh, we'll be happy. Huh? We'll be clapping. Yeah, happy, and, smiley faces. And even I'm though sure. it won't be Catholic, communion wine. Oh, there'll be there'll be communion wine. Yeah. we're not. No. What about communion beer? Communion, communion beer. spirits. Yeah, communion liquor for sure. <laughs> no drama. You'll probably find there's a few new communion categories coming up in the new John Lee Church of. Oh, I've got to come Go up on. with a good name. Oh, right. got to come up with if you've got a name. suggestion for a name, please do contact us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter, all at The Reverse Stick. And I am serious, folks. I am a licensed reverend. I'm, I'm, I'm licensed to perform circumcisions in 48 of the United States of America. I thought you were going to True. say 48 different languages. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast that's about all got time for. Oh, Matt's mystery file. We'll just, I forgot. We'll, Let's get this in we'll quickly. I've got a scratch game to get yeah, to. Yeah, no, me too. Oh, no, no. 12 minutes. If you are playing <laughs> hockey over the weekend, even if it is socially distanced, guys, please enjoy it. And um, There's light at the end of the tunnel. That Soon you will be able to whack people on the field alongside you and go and have a beer afterwards. Here, where are we? Page... 20, this is uh, from 1977. Oh, this is looking back. There was a big 40 looking up at me here, John. Um, 40 years ago in the circle from the August issue 1937. The Queensland Association recently suspended a player for playing rugby league, which is a professional sport, and appealed to the Australian Hockey Association to define the position of a hockey player also playing football resulted in a reply that the definition of an amateur as accepted by AHA, must be abided by. This, with all due respects to AHA, was as clear as mud to Queensland Hockey Association officials, and at their annual meeting, it was finally decided that the suspended player would have to be reinstated. There you go, sticking to their guns on professional and amateur status, even though different sports. Well, it it shows you how seriously that amateur professional divide was taken yeah, at the time. Yeah. And until, you know, within my lifetime, it was still very much a, a strong ethic. Um, 
Now, well, you no, look at the was... Olympic Games now, mate, then you've got... Well, you started yeah. playing in 37, didn't you? Hey? You started playing in 37. Uh, no, I was still in high school. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, hey, and that doesn't match up, because you were a goalkeeper when you were eight. <laughs> There's a lot... A lot of people, you know, the, the Olympic Games has changed tremendously and the athletes are turning up now. They're all fully professional. No one's really amateur in the sense of what amateur used to mean, although yeah, there's yeah. still, like, our hockey players who are essentially amateur, even though they're receiving funds and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and I would have thought, you know what? Perhaps people like the IOC should look back in history too and, and take a, a, a leaf out of the book of the current Black Lives Matter movements, those sorts of things that are happening around the world, give Jim Thorpe his medals back. That'd be really nice. That's probably our subject for Not The Footy Show, not this particular program, but give them back anyway. Do check out Not The Footy Show. There's another podcast with uh, John and um, Ash, um, John, John, I can't remember his name, but anyway, another bloke who does some things with hockey. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. yeah, I think that's about all we got for today. That, that is indeed. Uh, do check out all of the plethora of hashtag field hockey podcasts that are out there. Rate, review, subscribe, like. You know, you do the little ratings and it makes it more visible for everybody else, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to our Patreons. If you want to support our hockey podcast endeavours, please do head to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. You know what we've got to do? What's that? We've got to win lotto, buy us a couple of tickets and, and go week to week and do our podcast with another podcaster in a different city around the world. Wouldn't that be that, good? That would be we good. We can sit in with Tyron and um, Derek and do a podcast with them and then go up and sit with us. Alright, come on. You just go. Okay. You, win, you win the lotto, mate, and uh, we'll, we'll do it. Enjoy your hockey week, folks. We'll see you next week for episode 149. We better start planning the 150. Woohoo! See you, mate.